Hi, everyone, and welcome to Audio Note number 13. My name is Andrew Robinson, and we are, as you know, going through a couple tools for self-regulation because when it comes to leadership, self-regulation is paramount to becoming a leader people want to follow, not have to follow. And we have learned two tools. The first one was the reactivity scale, and that helps you monitor your reactions to a variety of different situations. And don't forget the second purpose. It helps you identify when your reaction does not sync with the demands of the moment. That's, that's the critical piece there. Then we have the activation triangle, which helps you determine the nature of your reaction. Are you escalating up toward fight or flight, or are you moving downward into a state of demobilization? Often that recognition, just noticing where you're at on those two tools, is sufficient to bring about equilibrium. And you may notice already that when you use these tools and you gain a deeper awareness of your reaction and potentially the disparity within your reaction that your reaction will actually dissipate under its own power, which is great. And like I said in the last audio note, not all reactions hold a deeper meaning. For those that do, I'm eventually going to introduce a framework that you can use to sharpen your understanding of what's actually going on in those moments. My assumption, and this is really important, throughout this whole process is that humans operate at a less than conscious level doesn't mean we can't do something about it but notice what we're talking about here we're talking about reactions and your unique reactions emerge without premeditation like if you're someone that gets big and intimidating it's not like you go through this process in your mind like i think i'm going to get big and intimidating right now or maybe your knee-jerk reaction is to withdraw that's not necessarily a conscious decision you will just withdraw you know, one minute you're in zone one, you're grounded, and the next you're like at a 10 on the reactivity scale in zone four, and the situation required like a, a five in, in the response. So we didn't plan that reaction. We didn't put it on our calendar, like have a massive overreaction at 1.30 today. It just happened. So this assumption, the assumption being that, that we go through our day in a less than conscious level, really flies in the face of how we perceive ourselves most of the time. I know it flies in the face of how I perceive myself a lot of the time. I like to think that I'm conscious, I'm aware, like my reactions are calculated or somehow uh, something that I do with intentionality. That makes sense. Why wouldn't we assume that? Like we're awake, we're going through the day upright, we're conscious. In that state, because we believe that we're conscious, which we are, and we're not asleep, we go through the day and assume that we're in a state of like eyes wide open. We must be conscious. The reality is that even though we're conscious, we're not necessarily aware of what drives our perceptions, our assumptions, our beliefs, our behaviors, and therefore what drives our reactions. The fact is those take place at a less than conscious level. Really, really important piece to appreciate. We take in about 11 million pieces of information per second through our five senses. Think about that. 11 million pieces of information. The majority of this information comes through our eyes, which is interesting. About 10 million signals to our brain every single second. How much information of this 11 million pieces of information do we process at a conscious level about 40 40 pieces of information that's it 
an unbelievably small amount of information is actually conscious. But just because we don't process the information consciously doesn't mean that we just flush the remainder of the information that's that's less than conscious. As it turns out, this information actually shapes what people call our adaptive subconscious. And as we take in this information, our adaptive subconscious, it hones its ability to recognize certain patterns in our environment. This is critical. The fact that we're not consciously aware of these patterns is no indication that we're not tracking them because we are. It's just not at a conscious level. We are tracking patterns all the time. And it's from these patterns that we start deriving meaning about certain situations, about what we believe is actually going on in our environment. It's an incredible thing to consider that all of this is happening at a less than conscious level, but it explains why we respond to the things that we respond to. Really interesting book, if you're interested, is called Strangers Unto Ourselves by Timothy Wilson. Um, really fascinating book. In fact, Malcolm Gladwell was asked what book he recommends more than any other to people, and that was the, the one he said. Several audio notes ago, I mentioned a leader, if you remember this, that stood up and walked out of a small group when we were talking about self-awareness. We'd just begun talking about self-awareness. So think about it through what I just introduced here. 11 million pieces of information are coming through his senses every second that he's sitting in this meeting. His adaptive subconscious is detecting a pattern, which he then translates into a threat to his survival, something that he took in, some pattern came through that that he interpreted as a threat to his survival. He could see where this conversation was going and what was going to be required of him, which was to reflect on himself. And for him, that was too much. For reasons I will never know, the prospect of his, like just deepening his self-awareness actually triggered an early warning radar system that launched him into zone four. Once he entered that fully mobilized state, he fled the room. That's what happened. And all of this took place at a less than conscious level. At no point did he sit there and calculate, I'm going to have an extraordinary reaction to this conversation. I'm going to gather my stuff. I'm going to stand up and walk out. That's not what he thought. That's not what happened. So what can we do about the fact that we operate at a mostly unconscious level? We are mostly unconscious beings. To whatever degree you are putting the reactivity scale and activation triangle into practice, you are way ahead of the game. As I said in the last audio note, our subconsciousness expresses itself through our reactions. That's why they're so valuable if we're willing to actually pay attention to them. So with the use of the, these tools that you've already learned you can begin to take advantage of what your subconscious has to teach you about yourself. That's the whole point. And again, as we move forward, I want you to gain familiarity with those tools, put them into practice. I've already heard from a number of you that you are actively putting these into practice. They're not complicated. So focus on using the reactivity scale, the activation triangle to just monitor your reactions, regulate yourself. And, and, and as we move forward, that's really for now, all I want you to focus on. So now that you have these tools in hand, here are a few practices that you can employ to further improve self-regulation when you experience high levels of activation. Now, the reason that these practices work, the reason they are so incredibly powerful is that they reconnect you with your body. Anytime you enter zone four, remember that extreme state of overreaction or zone five, 
which is that extreme state of demobilization, you create a psychological distance between your conscious self and your physical self. So psychologists would call this dissociation, and there are varying degrees of dissociation, but anytime you see that disparity, you start seeing that separation, there is a, a disconnect from your conscious self and your body. And the following activities reconnect you, reseat you in your body. These movements help you ground when you notice that your reaction, again, is out of sync with the situation. So select the practice that matches the severity of your reaction. Like, let's say you're up at a 9 or a 10. The situation required a 4 or a 5. You find that you're in zone 4 or zone 5. So, you know, you're in those more extreme states of reactivity or you're on your way. Now, these are going to sound a little weird at first. So, I mean, they're, they're unfamiliar to you. But once you try them and you actually experience what happens and you see the value, you will recognize them as anything but odd. They're, I mean, they're truly powerful. So let's talk about what you can do in a, in a moderately activated state. Um, what, what I always encourage people to do is use the, there are certain subtle movements that you can use in the extremities of your body to refocus your attention to your body. And by paying attention to the sensations through like your feet or your fingertips. So one of the things that, that you can try is curling your toes in your shoes. So presumably you have shoes on and you can start curling them to the point where you can actually feel a little friction. But what you're doing is you're drawing attention to the feeling, the sensation. You can do the same thing with rubbing your hands. Like if you rub your hands back and forth and create a little friction, draw your attention to the sensation within your feet. Draw your attention to the sensation within your hands and notice what happens. Just notice that feeling. That's what you're drawing your cognitive energy toward. Now, if you find yourself in a more medium to extreme activation, what you want to do is employ larger muscle groups and be able to release larger portions of energy and this will help you re-enter, re-ground. So one thing that I've done, and I've done this literally in a boardroom during a meeting, uh, something really activated me during the meeting, and you can push your feet into the floor until, and you hold it, so you imagine pushing your feet into the floor, your quadriceps are naturally going to contract and you hold that and do so until your quadriceps like they're actually starting to you're actually starting to feel the soreness of holding that for you know maybe 10 15 20 seconds okay whatever it takes for you now here's the critical piece as you let go of that energy as you re-release yourself do it slowly bring yourself back down slowly gently until you no longer until you are no longer contracting your quadricep muscles okay another thing you can do is push into a wall like go up to a wall take all of that energy and before you start extending your arms away from the wall feel all of that energy going into the wall feel your muscles your biceps your your chest contract and push yourself all the way through into the wall to full extension and that's a really important piece so the two mo most important things go slowly and full extension so that you fully discharge that energy, okay? You're not going to use aggressive movements. You're not going to grab a baseball bat and start beating a, you know, whatever, a, a wall or something like that. 
that will only serve to actually elevate your activation. What we're trying to do is discharge this energy and bring you back into your body. Notice what happens. This is this is fascinating because I've actually done this in keynote addresses where I'll say, okay, let's push our legs or feet into the floor and hold it and I'll do that exercise. What I'm doing is I'm paying attention and I'm watching and I've never had this not happen where I, as someone releases and they come back down more into their seat, into their body, they'll take this deep breath and what they're, what's actually happening there is, in polyvagal terms, that person is now going into their ventral nervous system, which is zone one. You know, they are going back into that grounded state, and that's what this will do for you, okay? But the key is, use those tools to be able to monitor how activated you are, uh, whether you're moving towards zone four or into zone five, so that you can actually cut it off at the pass, okay? Now listen, life is the best teacher of all. And we, we want to be open to what life brings out of it, out of us. That's why reactions are so important. But we need to develop this ability to regulate our reactions so we can learn from them instead of getting swept away by them. If you ever have that experience, it happens and you're just swept away by it. And you're like, oh my gosh, what just overtook me? I have no idea. I have no tools to be able to even recognize what's going on, let alone reground myself. Well, that's not true anymore. Over the last few audio notes, you now have tools and now you have these practices that you can actually apply to recognize where you're at, reground yourself and become the most self-regulated person in the room. Doesn't mean you don't have reactions. Let's be clear, I've already talked about that. What it does mean is that your reactions match the situations and when they don't, you know what to do about it. So in summary, let me give you a few takeaways just to review. We go through the day, whether we like it or not, we go through the day at a less than conscious level. That's the first takeaway. Second, our reactions can teach us if we're willing and if we have the tools to learn from them. And I'm going to keep adding these tools to you so that you can start learning and extracting value from them. We can use controlled movements using these different practices that I just introduced to you to essentially back ourselves out of an activated state and move toward zone one. So you now have those in your hands, put them into practice with the activation triangle, with the reactivity scale, play with them, try them out. I trust life's going to present you with plenty of opportunities, okay? So now we are ready to get into nature and narrative we're going to dive into nature next and talk through some tools that you can do there, some some resources that uh, I'm going to make available to you to help you better understand and, and gain clarity about your unique nature. Okay, wherever you are, wherever you happen to be listening into this, I am sincerely glad that you are here. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.